Blog Talk Radio. That's right, everybody. You know who it is. Coach Mike Jones, I'm the coach with the most. Coming at you hard from coast to coast. I don't want to boast, but now I gotta roast you in my social media posts. You double dose, a diagnose. You're feeling tired, life is tired, now you're a ghost. I'll be your host, so won't you raise a toast to the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones. Turnbuckle Turmoil fans, welcome to this Buddha special of the Turnbuckle Turmoil show. Sign Guy with you, along with QT Vokes, and the man that sponsored this episode, along with the NGW Green Room. As you might have guessed, he is the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he's got to boast. It's kind of warm, so he's a boot to roast. Now raise a toast to the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones. Yes, thank you so much for having us on. It's very, it's an honor to have Hannibal on here today, and he's supposed to be joining you right after your intros. Absolutely, we'll look forward to it real fast. If people are listening and they want to find pro wrestling today, there's some options: DPCW in San Antonio, Texas; PPW in Bedford, Indiana; JICW in Martinsville, Indiana; F. Five wrestling in Fitton, Michigan, AAW in Berwyn, Illinois, SICW in Bellevue, Illinois, SWA in Leakesville, Mississippi, WFC in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and NTPW in Houston, Texas today. So if there's wrestling nearby, go check it out. Support the local independents. Always a good time. Coach, we got a show going on next week. Real School Army is going to be at Woo America, am I correct? That's right. And uh, we're bringing home all the gold. For one, because Wild Lyle is defending his undisputed championship against uh, Viento del Samurai. This guy is a dangerous character. And uh, we've got promoters all over the world trying to book this match. So uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a big feud. And then I also got signed so far. I got Moondog Ace is going after Paul Preston's title. So I'm pretty confident we're going to be coming home with all the gold. 
And then, of course, we got Sunny Day is going to be there, too. And the one and only NWA Hall of Famer, Castmaster Kevin Sullivan, will be in the house. Lots of the Real School Army represented next week. I will be there. Hopefully that idiot Darce Carter doesn't show up. He was involved with the Moondog and Mr. Pants Paul Preston last time. Yeah, and you already know, man, Darth Carter constantly gets a hold of me trying to be, get on shows, and as far as I know, I think he might be sneaking in the building, he said. So, uh, but you if, know, he, if, if he around, sneaks by me, I'll just pop him right in the nose. I hate that idiot. Exactly, and you already know, too, that I squashed his ass for you once before, too. So if I you see sure him around, did. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'll definitely wring his neck for you also. And what about you, QT? We'd love to see you down there. I want to get you in the NGW green room. Oh, I, I, I like this Darth Carta. Why are you trashing Darth Carta? If he could time travel, I bet you he could be the XO, executive officer, of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> he, he has uh, demonstrated those leadership abilities that XOs provide. If you have a good XO, you have a good CO, which is commanding officer. All right, nice. What I'm saying is Darth Carter could be at home on an aircraft carrier or in the White House as vice president. Cool. Um, what a sad day for the country if that were to ever happen. Well, you know, uh, Elaine Bennis played the part of a vice president after Seinfeld. I think the show was called Beep. I'm guessing that was the actress, Julia Louise Dreyfus, and not the character. Okay. I'm just guessing. I don't know that to be fact. Fuzzy literally translated means divine wind. I've heard that said before. He might. Okay. What other shows you got coming up, Sign? I know you're a busy guy. I am. Uh, tomorrow on Turnbuckle Turmoil, we wrap up Funny Ha Ha Month with the Northman Ernie Olson. And then QT and I will be going to the Without a Call show in Everett. Uh, they have a big show coming up tomorrow with Petey Williams, Chris Bay, Nick Wayne, Sonico, some of your uh, favorite locals with some of the national guys. And then, of course, I'll be at the big Woo America show at the Key Peninsula Civic Center. The 19th of this month, I will be at AI Martial Arts for Northwest Pro. The 20th. Northwest Pro and Glamour back at the Key Peninsula Civic Center, which apparently is a hotbed for wrestling because all the promotions want to run there. Nice. That's that's great, you know. People know where to go. Absolutely. Makes it a nice, convenient spot for all our wrestling fans. And it's like a central location. It It sort of is, yeah. What about you, QT? What do you got coming up? Well, uh, I know I got uh, Thanksgiving coming up, so I'll be sharing a drumstick uh, 
somewhere. <laughs> and I might be using a drumstick as a foreign object in the North uh, NGW green room. Or okay, I might nice. Drumstick, a drumstick dipped in liquid nitrogen. Oh, geez. All right. Well, guys, I believe our guest is with us here. Do we have Hannibal with us? Yes, I'm calling in here from Canada. How are you doing? Doing very well. This is Sign Guy, and we have QT Vokes and Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most with us. We want to thank you for taking time to be with us. We definitely appreciate it. And since... It's your first time on our particular show. I'm going to start you out with our first-timer question. How did you come to be involved in the world of pro wrestling? Uh, That's a bit of a long story, but basically I was uh, a national champion in amateur wrestling, and I had the opportunity to to get into pro wrestling, so I uh, started training with the Hearts, as well as Jacques Rougeau in Canada, and, and just broke in that way. But I always wanted to be a wrestler, so I knew that pretty much as soon as I was able to, I was going to start training to be a pro wrestler. So I started when I was 17. Uh, you are a man that wears a lot of hats in pro wrestling. You wrestle... Uh, you're part of the media. You have the YouTube show where you do shoot interviews. You upload matches. You report news and wrestling. Since you do so much and you've been around for so long, do you have a personal favorite role that you do? Well, I am also a promoter, and I guess you could say I am somewhat of a booker as well. But... Uh, Favorite role, I guess, is I like editing match videos, I guess. I think I'm good at editing match videos. So kind of on the production end of things. Yes. That's that's what I like, and I like uh, as a promoter the day of the shows uh, because it's always very high adrenaline, as I'm sure Mike knows, Uh just there's so much going on on show days and then when you have a good event and you make money on it and everything goes well uh it's a good feeling now in today's wrestling world one of the things that's been fairly popular amongst all wrestling companies, big and small, is live streaming events, especially in the pandemic era when promotions had to come up with unique ways to keep their product in the mind of the fans. Live streaming became a way that they could do that. A lot of people think that live streaming ultimately takes away from ticket sales and fans going to the arena and might overall do a little bit of harm to the business model of wrestling some people think it will help grow the product by bringing in people that wouldn't necessarily follow a given promotion what's your opinion on the live streaming trend of wrestling in general 
Well, I have been involved. I've never actually live streamed any of my company's shows because the margin for error is too big. And then you have to worry about, like, on most independent shows, wrestlers aren't using copyright-free music. And just so much can go wrong. You can have a weak live stream feed. Um, and it it won't look as good as, like, a WWE or AEW production because they have so many uh, – costs so much for them to do theirs, which is beyond an independent budget. But I don't think I'll ever do a live, live stream uh, wrestling show myself. I'd rather uh, shoot the events and edit them and put out a better quality finished product. I have been involved with some companies that have done live streams, and there hasn't been one that hasn't had errors and at least two of the times they had to end up refunding fans due to Wi-Fi connection errors or errors like the, the commentary feed didn't go through. And I've even seen NWA, even even in recent years, NWA, who's funded by Billy Corgan, they've constantly had issues with their live streams, and they're well-funded, so... Um, I know why companies do it because you can make more money uh, with people buying because people can buy it that aren't necessarily in the towns. But I don't think it really affects ticket sales too much for the people that live in the towns that like independent wrestling because they like to go out and support the product. And obviously, it's better to go watch it live than watch a live stream version of it. Now, like I said, one of the things you're known for is the shoot interviews that you do for your YouTube channel. You've had dozens and dozens of people on there. I know on occasion... Oh, yeah, occasion, I've done over th- uh, 300, and I am actually that is a lot of them. YouTuber, YouTube uh, shoot interviewer in wrestling. Oh, I know By on far, occasion... I got quadruple the... Uh, the amount of views of the second best shoot interview every month. So very, very nice. Sometimes uh, when you do the shoot interviews, I know you've had the rare problem with one of the talents where they just weren't very cooperative or they were impaired or something like that. (laughs) I know the majority of them go fairly well for you, but when you have somebody that just isn't cooperating or they aren't in any shape to be doing an interview after you've scheduled it with them. What is that situation like? Are you able to reschedule with them? Do you kind of write them off for future interviews? What goes through your mind when that happens? Uh, I'll usually try and still do them because what some of the fans don't understand sometimes is they'll be like, why did you still try and interview this person if they were out of it? It's like these people demand their money up front. And Mike could tell you he's been in the wrestling business. Wrestlers, sad to say, but a lot of them aren't very honorable people. And if you don't do the interview with them while they're online, they might think they're fine. And if you don't do the interview with them then, they're just going to take your money and you're not going to get any footage from it. So you try and do 
the best with what you can. Some of them that have been impaired, like Marty Jannetty, can still be really entertaining, even though he's impaired. Uh, Buff Bagwell was out of it. I don't know what the hell he was on. It seemed to get worse throughout the interview, whatever he had in his coffee cup. But um, he... uh, he still did well for views. So just because they're impaired doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad, but you could get a guy like the goon who really was just like an angry drunk and being defensive on every question to the point where I eventually snapped on him or Dark Journey, who was just completely drunk and rambling. And for instance, Dark Journey, I had paid her for an hour and she was so drunk, she shut her own phone off at 35 minutes into the interview. So you run into night, some nightmare people like that, or you run into some people that just don't give good interviews, or they don't want to answer questions, even if they're sober. They just don't want to, so they shouldn't have even agreed to the interview. Um, but overall, they usually go pretty well. Same with promoting, you run into some uh, some assholes about Ring of Honor Um, situation, and they are essentially able to take any type of booking they want after December. Have you been reaching out to the members of Ring of Honor and getting those in line for interviews at this point? Not really, because the reason they're shutting down is because they're not popular. And I don't really think any of them would draw either in interviews or wrestling, really. I mean, I have used Jay Lethal in my wrestling company here in Canada, Great North Wrestling, but I don't think anyone other than the hardcore of hardcore has really been paying any attention to Ring of Honor since uh, their Madison Square Garden show. It's pretty much been all downhill from there and yeah they they really had no buzz so it doesn't surprise me that they're closing down now and selling their videotape library and I hear that I hear that women of wrestling is now going to air on Sinclair stations in 2022 and Sinclair of course owns Ring of Honor they're a six billion dollar company but I guess women of wrestling that just came out today. Their product is going to be on Sinclair uh, syndication channels. So there's another sign that uh, Ring of Honor is pretty much in their deathbed now. We have a game we like to play on this show. We call it Word Association. I will throw out the names of some people that more than likely you have come across in your career, and the first word or two that springs to your mind is the answer. Are you willing to do some word association? Sure. All right. First one, Serena De La Renta. Selena De La Renta? Yeah. Bitch. James Beard. Shady. Michelle Starr. I've actually never met Michelle Starr. Oh, but I haven't heard anything bad about him, and I might 
I think I might be Facebook friends with him, but I've never actually communicated with him. Um, good and good enhancement talents. That's what I could say because I have seen some of his enhancement matches from his uh, WWE days. All right, Dark Journey. Issues is all I can think of with her because she's got a hell of a lot of issues. Coach Mike Jones. Nice guy. Rick Martell. Good wrestler. Kevin Sullivan. He's a master. He's the master of wrestling. Teddy Hart. Um, I hope he gets better. Tink Abbott. Love the guy. Francine. Still hot. Hillbilly Jim. Great person. He's the only wrestler I ever interviewed that actually bought me dinner after I interviewed them. In all the <laughs> interviews I ever did, he is the only one. Usually they'll try and get you to buy them dinner. And he actually insisted on taking me out for dinner and paying. So what a great guy. That is tremendous. All right, the last one, Renee Dupree. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He's a nice guy. He's a he's got he's a great wrestler, but um, I think he's going to continue doing well in Japan. He signed to Noah, but I don't think unless one of his friends like me get a position in a company that uh, gives hiring position, I don't think he's going to have. Uh, and I don't think he wants it anymore, but I think his U.S. career is pretty much over, even though he's still a very good wrestler. All right. Well, at this time, Coach Mike Jones is with us, and I know Coach had some things to say, so I'm going to pass things over to Coach for a bit. All right. Thanks, Hannibal. It's an honor, and uh, we're very grateful you come on and for your time. And I uh, want to thank you again. And uh, just had a few questions. Uh, well, you was born in Canada? I was, yeah. Uh, where was you born? In Ottawa, Canada, which is the capital uh, city of Canada. It's It's about an hour and a half from Montreal and about four hours from Toronto. We're right on the New York border of we're right near Ogdensburg about half an hour from Ogdensburg New York nice I've only been to British Columbia but I'd love to go there someday and then uh well British like Columbia is a lot warmer I actually want to live in Arizona that's one of my goals for the next five years to get a, I can't stand the winters here okay yeah yeah I actually got to live in uh Glendale Arizona for one year and I didn't know what a snowbird meant but when I found out what a snowbird meant, I thought that is the ultimate goal in life to become a snowbird. Live in Washington half the year and live in Arizona half the year. 
There you go. The problem with me is uh, I got to get the the proper permits to live there since I am Canadian. Either okay, that or get married then, to someone in the U.S. Hey, maybe we can help you out with that. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, hey, just like Michelle Starr, he's a, he's got dual citizenship. Maybe we could help you get that too. I'm working on it. I'm working on it because uh, there's way more opportunity. They call the U.S. the land of opportunities for a reason. There's way more going on there. Especially right, in wrestling exactly. and entertainment. Exactly. Okay, and then uh, what was it like growing up there, and what sports did you play? Well, my high school sadly didn't have a football team, um, so I played rugby, which is like similar to football but without the pads. Uh, amateur wrestling, of course. I was a two-time equivalent state champion and national champion. I was even an Olympic trials silver medalist. I was the alternate for the London Games in Greco-Roman wrestling. I've done some kickboxing. I've had three kickboxing matches uh, with two knockouts and one uh, technical knockout. I've uh, done some taekwondo and I used to play when I was younger uh, basketball and baseball till I discovered contact sports then I lost interest in basketball and baseball but I used to play those competitive too damn I imagine you could hit the long home run yeah, well, that was like before I was 13, so I was more of a, my specialty was like the outfield. I was good at catching. Had a pretty good arm on me. But I kind of, I didn't get really muscular until I started going to the gym when I was 13. Okay. Who was your favorite baseball player uh, growing up? Um, Cal Ripken, I guess. All right, nice. And then have you had any MMA experience besides kickboxing and taekwondo? I won the Canadian Open in grappling. I won the Ontario Championships in grappling in both heavyweight and the absolute division, which is all weight classes. Um, nice. I was scheduled. It sucks. It really sucks uh, for a couple reasons. Everybody knows my whole story. I am cured now, but uh, how I was given Hep C by Abdullah that was proven in court in both Canada and the U.S. But at the same time, I was like, uh, I was signed by WWE in June 2009. But in August 2009, before I even had my WWE tryout, I was supposed to have an MMA fight in August 2009 because I had been training in MMA for about three years at that point. But we found out that I had Hep C through my WWE medicals, so not only did I not be able to go to WWE, but that prevented me from getting licensed to fight MMA as well. So I would have actually mm. had a, an MMA matches and by the time I was cured I, I, I it was like five years later for me to get cured so at the time I was signed by WWE I was 26 I still was young enough that I could have had a good MMA career but by the time I was cured 
was already like in my 30s. That's not a good time to be jumping into MMA. As CM Punk found out, even though I have like a better fighting background than Punk, it's like when you're starting in your 30s, you're not going to be UFC champion. And the amount of money I was offered after I was cured, the most I was offered to fight was 600 bucks. And for all the training and licensing that you have to pay for to get ready for a fight, doesn't even cover that. And at that time, I was yeah. making 400 to wrestle. So I was like, I think I'll just wrestle. It's a lot less stressful. <laughs> but I still okay, like training yeah. and fighting. And I like sparring. And I'm passionate about uh, combat sports. All right, nice. And then, uh, man, I'm sure grateful that you overcame the Hep C. And that's, my goodness, you can only imagine how challenging and hard that was and the average person probably wouldn't have made it through that I would imagine and I was wondering what in the heck did you do that you helped that helped you get through that it was a tough time because as you said the like it's hard enough dealing with you having hep C for like the average person but what was worse to me and more devastating to me than having hep C was by the time I found out I had it, I had already been paying my dues for eight years, wrestling in Puerto Rico, England, all over Canada, some in the States, to get my dream job that I wanted all my life at that time to be in WWE. So worse than finding out I had Hep C was finding out I was not going to get signed because it's like this was going to be my contract and... Pat Patterson was the main guy that wanted me to get signed, and he had told me that I was the best in the camp. And, like, it was very obvious from the camp that, like, they were going to have plans for me. So it was very devastating that, like, I was going to lose my opportunity. And at that time, I was bouncing. So, like, my regular job sucked. Um, And then I went through the first treatment that was covered by the Canadian government and it had, it was like now there's better treatments but this one was like a chemotherapy type treatment and it didn't work so like I went through all that hell only to find out that it was back in my system so then that's when I went public about having hep C because I was advised by uh, a lawyer and doctor friend of mine. He said, listen, you, you, the treatment failed. Um, You're in a depression. Uh, You may as well go public about your story. Because at that time, I had started the legal battle, but Abdullah wasn't providing his blood test. So he's like, go public about it. You might force him to actually have to provide his blood test. So when I went public about it, I ended up becoming friends with Billy Graham who coincidentally had wrestled nine times, Abdullah nine times in his career, and also had hep C, actually lost a liver due to hep C, had to have a liver transplant. So Billy actually got me an appointment, because in Canada they were telling me, this is one of the reasons why I like the U.S. better, you guys have a way better medical system. In Canada they were telling me there wasn't going to be a new treatment for me for like eight years. And at this point, yeah. I was like still in my late 20s. So it's like, I don't want to wait eight years to get cured. Like, I want to get back into action here. 
and get on with my life. So he got me an appointment with his liver specialist at the Mayo Clinic who got me on another treatment. This treatment, the second treatment, actually cost me $80,000 to take, which was not covered by the Canadian government. They ended up, luckily, they were able to, like, send it to Canada, and I was able to take it in Canada through a doctor here in Canada. But because it was, like, uh, an experimental American treatment, I had to pay for it. So it it was terrible, but... The difference between the first and the second treatment, the second treatment, Billy Graham and I, like he was became my mentor and stuff, and he talked me through it, and he was there helping me every day, and that was a 36-week treatment, and that was hell, but it worked, Thank goodness. and I got what a cured. blessing. Yeah, so I'm always going to be in debt to him for uh, getting me on that second treatment. And now, if anyone's listened to this with hep C, there is, like, way better treatments out there. Medical, The medical advancements are constantly improving, and there's easier treatments. The one that I was on the second time caused, like, bug under the skin itching, and I would get so itchy that I wouldn't be able to sleep for, like, five or six days because the itching never stopped, and the itching was, like, all over the body, including, like, your dick and stuff. It was just, like, unbearable. At one point, I just wanted to kill myself. I actually had to drive to the hospital, and I said, you got to give me something for this itching because I'm going to kill myself. I can't take this itching anymore. Oh, and they they finally did. So I went through hell, but I got cured. Never got any money from the lawsuits because, sadly, between winning in Canada and the U.S., he transferred his uh, properties, which is actually illegal to do. Um, but I got cured. <laughs> the lawsuits cost me over $100,000, and the treatment cost me over $80,000. It took me a while to get out of debt, but things are going well now, and The other thing is, back when I was doing that, I was obsessed with getting in WWE, and now I don't even care if I'm ever in WWE. The products change so much, I don't even enjoy it, and I've realized there's more to life than being in a a WWE wrestler, and I'm out of my depression, and I'm uh, I'm happy now, but there was definitely about five or six really dark years for me there caused by catching that. And and what actually happened for the people that don't know, and we got this on tape, was he had known he had had hep C for 10 years. We found out when we got his blood test. But he didn't just bleed in a match with me. He had cut himself with a razor blade. And he cut me with that same razor blade after he cut himself. And one of the ways that you can pass hep C is by sharing razor blades. And he did not have my permission to do that. I was already bleeding from my own cuts. And when you actually stick a razor blade that's been in yourself in someone else's body, that increases the chances hugely of passing a blood-to-blood disease because you're taking your blood and you're inserting it into someone else's body. So he was negligent, and what he was actually found guilty of was negligence um, in relation to that act. So, And for the people that say, well, 
it's Abdullah the Butcher. What do you expect? Well, he's not from the Sudan. He actually speaks English. He's actually from Canada. And when you go into the rig with a wrestler, <laughs> you're not actually wrestling the wrestling character. You're not expecting uh, for someone to actually slice you up <laughs> when you get in there yeah. for the people that say, oh, well, come on, it's Abdullah the Butcher. Well, no. His name's Larry Shreve. He used to be a janitor before he was a wrestler. He's not actually a crazy guy from the Sudan. I doubt he's ever actually even been to the Sudan. Okay. Man, what a what an ordeal. And then uh, uh, are you in the process of writing your own book as, or has anybody uh, reached out to you to get your story? Oh, yeah, I actually hear. am, yeah. I uh, I am in the process of writing it. I have I am working with someone on it. Nice. But there's a lot to what uh, my uh, career and there I've lived quite a crazy life. So uh, might be another year or two before the book is actually out. Okay, and then I'd like to say uh, since my uh, coach Mike Jones extended interview on Hannibal TV. I have since hired Patrick Snow, one of the top publishing coaches in the world. He sold over a million books in a hundred countries and five languages. He's not only my publishing coach, he's my mentor. He's my coach coach. And I would, I would advise anybody out there to reach out to Patrick Snow on patricksnow.com. He's also on Facebook. He's between him and Kevin Sullivan as mentors. I'm going to the top. So, so you're doing anyway, a book too. I, I am. I'm doing my story with my mom's story, who had muscular dystrophy, and so, uh, and I just I'm working on it every day. Patrick Snow's helped me all along the way. He's uh, helped uh, 1,200 clients. He's an amazing person, and you guys should definitely check him out. At, like I said, PatrickSnow.com, and he's also on Facebook. And he'll give anybody a free one-hour consultation. Uh, so he, he's a marketing coach, everything. So I would definitely advise anybody who's writing a book to reach out to him. Yeah, I actually have a student from Oxford University in the U.K. that's, that's a literary student helping me with the book. And once we get it done, we'll look into the publishing options. But uh, it's a long process. Oh, and yes. we want to keep it uh I'll be and I'm not playing myself off as a baby face in this book either. I'm telling pretty much everything. <laughs> so Nice. I've read all the wrestling not all of them, but everybody knows I'm pretty much a wrestling historian from my interviews. I do most of them off the cuff. Like I've ever since the first Mankind book came out and wrestling books got popular, I've been reading wrestling books. I got a whole practically library uh, in my office of wrestling books, so I know what the entertaining stories are that people want to hear, and we'll get into nice. get into all the crazy stuff. <laughs> all right, so I really appreciate your time, and I can't wait to hear what uh, QT's questions he's got for you, and. Uh, I also want to thank you once again for uh, having being on with Johnny Fairplay this last week. And uh, I can tell you right now, my prediction is Johnny Fairplay's interviews are going to double the honky-tonk man's 
views. That's my. Oh, word. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> but but he he was entertaining, and some people gave me heat for having him on. But I thought he was he was great, and he he's got a lot of talent. So yeah, he's somebody I would like to work with in a wrestling company sometime, just because he's got heat. I like that he has heat. There's not many people in the wrestling business today that have real heel heat, and he he's still got it. Nice. Thanks again, Sign. All right. Well, our co-host QT is with us, too. QT, do you have some questions? Yes. Uh, hello, Hannibal. How are you doing? Doing great. Hannibal, I'd like to extend Sign Guy's word association, if I may. Are you ready for a one-person extension on word association? Are you ready? Sure. Okay, Ruben Kincaid. I have no idea who that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was the manager of Danny Bonaducci on the Partridge Family. He was the guy oh, that drove the bus. The TV show, yeah. Yes. Uh, I liked the TV show. Honestly, I haven't seen the TV show since I was a kid. But uh, I know oh. that the coach oh, okay. is going to try to hook me up with the Danny Bonaducci interview. Um, you believe it. But yeah, the, the the show was good. But do I remember it specifically? It's been like 15 years, at least maybe 20 years since I've seen the show. So um, it was good. I'll put over everyone that was on the show because I liked it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we here at Turnbuckle Turmoil usually assign homework assignments. And your whole Turnbuckle Turmoil homework assignment is to go on YouTube and look up Ruben Kincaid and then uh, get back with a coach on your um, uh, assessment of this man who drove the Partridge family bus. Sounds good. Oh, okay. I know coach will look forward to that. Very good. Okay. Well, Hannibal, I saw your YouTube video entitled NGW Green Room with Hannibal of Hannibal TV. And at the 32 to 34 second mark, you said that the Hannibal TV is the number one pro wrestling shoot interview YouTube channel on the internet. My question is, can you guess who was recently ranked in Pro Wrestling Illustrated as the third ranked semi shoot? blog talk wrestling show in the u.s a semi-shoot no idea probably you guys but uh i'll be honest i don't ha i don't put uh any merit in pro wrestling illustrated because people pretty much have to send them information to get involved um my favorite wrestler the blood hunter uh is the reigning texas champion and defeated so many legends over the past year and he's not even in the top 500 give me a break and he could be almost any wrestler today i think the only wrestler that would be a big challenge for him in a shoot would be uh harry smith brock lesnar maybe a couple others but he could legitimately beat most wrestlers in a shoot and he certainly merits the top 500 so i i don't put any merit at all into pro wrestling illustrated but i'm going to guess it's you guys that are number three 
Yes, uh, we were ranked uh, number three in semi-suit interviews, but I could be working you, though. And I bet (laughs) Hannibal TV isn't even listed at all on there, just because I I didn't send them the information, and they're too lazy to actually do research. But congratulations to you on that. Well, I I may have been working you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Well, Hannibal, uh, we have had uh, several very uh, esteemed guests on our show throughout the years. One was Sir Oliver Humperdinck uh, before he passed away, and he spoke to us live from a Major League Baseball game. I'm not. I can't quite remember uh, what game he was at. Uh, sign was he at the Cincinnati Reds game? He was at a Minnesota Twins game because he was living there at the time. Oh, Minnesota Twins. Okay. So we had uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, and we also a seminal moment in our uh, uh, blog talk history was B. Brian Blair of the Killer Bees. Uh, now yes, I was and I've influenced... interviewed him a bunch of times, too, for any fan that wants to look up my interviews with him. Great guy. Oh, oh okay. That's good. I, I made, the, uh, made it a point to tell him that when I was stationed with the Coast Guard in Key West, I saw an autographed picture of him and Jumpin' Jim Bronzel in a coffee shop. That's why I wanted him on the radio show so much. <laughs> There you go. Yes, and did you know that his partner, Jumpin' Jim Bronzel, was a state winner in the high jump in high school? Actually won a state title. No, I should have asked him about that because I recently interviewed Jim Bronzel as well. Oh, He does not like the ultimate warrior. (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. You know, uh, somehow Jim Bronzel had a lot of heat with the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik didn't like him at all. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, you mean Brian Blair. Yes. Brian oh, Blair okay. and Be the Iron Bar- Sheik. Yes. There's an ongoing thing. Many people say it's a work. Who knows? It's wrestling. Oh, there okay. was some weird stuff. At one point, I saw a clip of an interview online where. Brian Blair was accusing the Sheik of having sex with kids and stuff, but it seems like he's dropped that, and, and now they're just more uh, more friendly enemies. Oh, frenemies, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, but Hannibal... The Sheik's in a wheelchair now, and he's, he's calmed down a lot, and his agents Ooh. do his uh, Twitter, and they keep him under pretty tight wraps. They won't let him do an interview with me. I've tried many times. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, all right. Well, Hannibal, we also had the MMA Hall of Fame member Dan the Beast Severn on the show. And as you may know, Dan the Beast Severn was NCAA wrestling champ at Arizona State University. He was also an original member of the Sunkissed Kids. Uh, a wrestling program for high schoolers and teenagers uh, at Arizona. Uh, oh, I'm well often... aware of that. He actually took me on a tour of ASU earlier this year 
where I oh, tried to actually challenge one of the ASU wrestlers to a match, but they wouldn't wrestle me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Dan and I, I've done a ton of interviews with Dan, and when I was in Arizona this year, I spent a bunch of days with him, and one of the days he took me to ASU, gave me the full tour of the campus, and uh, told me all of his war stories from those days. The most interesting stories that he wouldn't tell me on camera and he wouldn't expect this from Dad Severin are his groupie stories from his amateur wrestling days in Arizona. And one of the days he actually went on a hike with me up a mountain and he was telling me he used to bring some of these girls up to the top of the mountain and uh, have his way with them. Ooh. Which you wouldn't expect from Dad. He was a ladies' man. Wow. Well, you see, this I was stunned to find out that when Dan the Beast Severn goes back to ASU to give like lectures and stuff, and and because of all he uh, gave to ASU, like an NCAA championship, when he goes to the cafeteria, he has to stand in line like a commoner. Will you yourself? join uh, Coach Mike Jones, sign guy, and myself in getting a petition with 700 signatures from Northwest pro wrestlers and fans to get Dan the Beast Severn front-of-the-line soup privileges at ASU. Yes. Oh, okay. This is great. And, and I'm also extending a special spot above the serving line in the cafeteria for his own personal soup bowl. Will you join us in that effort? Sure. Oh, okay, great. Okay, very good. Okay. All right. Well, Hannibal, can you tell us about your involvement with the world-class Revolution Christmas Star uh, Wars event on December 11th in Irving, Texas? Can you tell us about that? Yes, well, I am helping produce that event uh, at Southern Junction, which is actually my favorite venue in Texas for wrestling, and Irving, uh, which is right in the Dallas area. It's right near the airport. Uh, Mankind's going to be there. Jacob Fatu, Charlie Haas is going to be there. The Von Erich boys are going to be there. The Blood Hunter is going to be managed by both Blaze and Kevin Sullivan versus former WWE superstar Carlito with the Texas title on the line. It's going to be a huge event, and that's going to be the beginning of monthly events for world-class pro wrestling in Southern Junction. And Eric Embry is going to be there, too. Uh, so worldclassprowrestling.com has more information on that card, but looking forward to it. Should be uh, a great event. Okay. Well, Hannibal, are there any truths to the rumors from my wrestling sources in Shelton, Washington, that during intermission at this event, uh, that none other than the Honky Tonk Man is going to put on a play or scene from the animated cartoon? The Grinch Stole Christmas, where he himself plays the part of the Grinch as he tries to steal the Christmas tree from the Lou Wu household. And are there any truths also to this rumor 
that Brie Bella has secured the part of Cindy Lou Who. I cannot confirm or deny that, but I, I hope you're right about that. Well, my wrestling sources has told me that uh, the Grinch's dog, Max, will be played by Coach Mike Jones. I just got that. <laughs> I can't yeah, tell yeah. you that I spoke to the honky-tonk man when I was in Arizona, what I was just telling you about earlier this year, and the honky-tonk man uh, told me he wants nothing more to do with wrestling. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Including shoot interview. He has the highest viewed shoot interview on the internet, almost 4 million views. Um, but yeah, he doesn't want anything to do with wrestling anymore, he says. Okay. All right. Boy, that's a. All right. Well, uh, Hannibal, uh, my wrestling sources also told me that inspired by the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, that you and Coach Mike Jones were once contemplating on forming an ice skating team like Will Ferrell and Owen Wilson in the movie Blades of Glory. Can you confirm this? Uh, I don't know about that. I can't confirm that one. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Well, Hannibal, Scottsdale, Arizona might be a place where you want to live because the rock star Alice Cooper lives there. My question is, Tank Abbott have also you lives seen... There. Oh, Tank Abbott? Ooh. Yeah. Well, Not to mention okay. it's the former home of Rick Rude. Oh, Scottsdale, yes. I could see Rick Rude living there. It's pretty hot, so we keep off the water weight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this... Also, Scottsdale leads to my next question. Have you seen Alice Cooper and his Halloween uh, hosting special on The Muppet Show? When I was a kid, yes. Oh, good. He's saying, welcome to my nightmare. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. It's on my iPod. Oh, all right. Well, at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to Coach Mike if he has any further questions. And good luck yeah. with your team on his ice skating team with Coach Mike's Blades <laughs> of Glory. Yes. Thanks. Hey. And the, the other event that I'll plug since you brought up World Class, uh, there, there's another one coming up January 28th in L.A., the PCW Anniversary Show. Stan Hansen's going to be on that, Alex Hammerstone, Jacob Fatu, the Blood Hunter, PCO, uh, Joseph Samael, former NWA champion. That's going to be in L.A. on January 28th. So PCWUltra.com for people that want to know more about that. Hey, and then QT, okay. you, uh, <clears throat> uh, don't forget you had an a, a aircraft carrier question. Oh, yeah. Hannibal, do you know the names of the four Japanese aircraft carriers sunk at the Battle of Midway? I could not. (laughs) Although both of my grandfathers were in the Second World War and helped kick Japan's ass, which is why why I think I never got booked in Japan, because they're afraid of me. Oh, yes. Oh. Oh, okay. Wow, thanks for your grandfather's services, then. Yes. Yes. 
So, oh, yes, okay. I want to thank you again. And, uh, Stein, you want to follow up with us? Um, I think that will do it on our end. But, Hannibal, if you want to say anything to the fans, plug or promote it, anything else you want, social media is where to find the YouTube, all of that, go right ahead. Yes, we are the Hannibal TV on YouTube. All of our social media links are at thehannibaltv.com as well as our merchandise links. But we are on Instagram at the Hannibal TV, Twitter at the Hannibal TV, Twitch at Great North Wrestling, uh, Facebook at the Hannibal TV. I am on Twitter at Devin Hannibal, D E V O N H A N N I B A L. And if you DM me on there, I will follow you back if I know you're real. And yeah, just uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We get more hits every month than uh, Ring of Honor, MLW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, NWA. Lots of content on there, including coming soon, the PCW Ultra show from this month that featured Ron Simmons, uh, the Blood Hunters' toughest match ever versus Scorpio. He got a concussion in the match. Tora Peck, facial lacerations. And Kevin Sullivan was managing the Blood Hunter, but Alex Hammerstone was on that card. Um, Jake Fatu was on it. Victoria or Viva Van, uh, the, P- the new PCW champion of, of women, was on it. So lots of good footage. We also have world class pro wrestling footage on the Hannibal TV, as well as Great North Wrestling footage. My company here in Canada, but the COVID rules are still pretty strict here. I'm not going to be able to get back to promoting until April, but thanks for having me on. And again, thehannibaltv.com has all of our links and information for anyone that wants to check us out. Hey, Hannibal, uh, I think we got a minute or two left. I did have three quick questions I wanted to ask you. Uh, what was your favorite match? What was your toughest opponent and your most hated opponent? My favorite match was a strange match where I was I purposely booked this match because I wanted to beat up two people and I knew they wouldn't wrestle me on my own because they would suspect that I would get my revenge on them. But I knew they were big Abdul of the Butcher fans, so they would agree to it if I was in a tag team with him. So I basically booked the match just to beat those guys up and... The plan went perfectly, step by step. I couldn't, I couldn't have imagined that my my plan would have come together any better. So that was just, strangely enough, my favorite match, just because everything went step by step exactly how I planned it. And what was your other question? Uh, well, uh, and then can you let us know who was in the match? I'm not even to give these guys the credit of saying who they okay. were, but they were local wrestlers that were saying I was not really tough, and if they ever uh-huh. had me in the ring, that they would teach me a lesson. And I heard that they were saying this to people, but I don't think they knew that I knew this. So, okay, and then your toughest, uh, let's just your say toughest they opponent. didn't do what they said they were going to do. <laughs> All right, your toughest opponent. My toughest opponent uh, would be, you guys might not be familiar with him in the U.S., but Jeremy Prophet is the reigning Canadian champion. He's also known as Black Dynamite. 
Um, he's better than most of the wrestlers in WWE right now. Very hard hitting, very tough. And I've feuded with him in Canada um, for a long, for a long time. And uh, he he gives me my toughest matches. Other than that, one of the ones that was tougher in my younger years that I feuded with was Ricky Banderas, also known as Mil Mortes. Back when I was breaking in, I had like a year-long feud with him in IWA Puerto Rico, and he was one of my tougher opponents. And then uh, we would imagine Abdullah is your most hated opponent. Most hated? You see, uh, yeah, I, I hate him the most of anyone I've ever wrestled, if you want to put it that way, yeah. Okay, all right. Thanks for your time, Sign. We appreciate it. Thanks, QT. Yes, All very right. good. Well, thank you, Coach, in the green room for sponsoring the show today. Hannibal, thank you very much. Look forward to following you on the YouTube as you continue to do great things. Excellent. TheHannibalTV.com. Check it out, everyone listening. Have a great day, everyone up there in uh, Oregon. Bye. All right, fans, go hit the YouTube. Check out Hannibal if you've not done so already. We'll be back with you tomorrow. The Northman, Ernie Olson, will be with us as we finish Funny Ha Ha Month. So get out there, support your local independents if you have them near you today. Also, I want to mention there's also 5CC Wrestling in Bellingham, Washington today. So you can also see 5CC if you get up to the Bellingham area. So check it out, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks again. Thank you.